Psalm 135 verse 19 says, O house of Israel, bless the Lord. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. O house of Levi, bless the Lord. You who fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord from Zion, He who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. If all those people were supposed to bless the Lord, what are we supposed to do? Amen. So RVCC, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. So, how do we bless the Lord? That's the question, isn't it? How do we bless the Lord? Well, we worship Him. We honor Him. We put Him first. And this morning, that's our our desire, our prayer, our goal, is to lift up the name of Jesus in every way. Amen? Let's pray and we'll begin. Father, we do come before You and we... We humble ourselves before You and we we say that You are Lord. You are King. You are our Lord and our King. And Lord, it's because of Your goodness and Your mercy and Your love towards us. It's because You've loved us first that we can love You. So this morning, Father, as we express our love, as we express our honor and, and, and lift up the name of Jesus, I pray that all men will be drawn unto you. Thank you, Father, for your, for your love and goodness towards us. In Jesus' name, amen. says that he overcame and we know from reading the bible that that there's a number of places that talk about how jesus overcame and how he defeated the works of the devil how he overcame situations how he overcame trials and temptations how he overcame the world how he overcame everything that's in the world, all the sin, all the stuff. And as we sing it, it it actually flows really well. It just, you know, it it seems to flow. But how many of you know that it says, if if it says He overcame, that there was a trial in the midst of it. It isn't just, oh, that He overcame. You know, it was easy. No, it means that in the midst of it, there was a trial, a real one. You know, at different times, he he struggled with different things, all the way from from uh, I think you know, I believe from the time he was in the the uh, temple with his parents, and they left it when he was twelve years old. I mean, he was already struggling. He was already he knew who he was, but he ha- it says that that by what he suffered, he grew because he submitted himself to his parents because he didn't you know it just you know he had to do things that he didn't necessarily want to do but as he did them obediently he grew and then as a as a man you know the the first thing he did after he got baptized is he went into the wilderness led by the spirit to be tempted of the devil and that temptation was very real that temptation was an actual temptation. I mean, it was he had to make a choice. And praise God, he, he made the choice according to the Word of God that, that this is what I'm going to do because this is what the Word of God says. I'm not going to make my decision on how I feel. I'm not going to make my decision on what the circumstances look like. 
but he overcame those temptations by the word of God. What's true? What's really true? As he walked through the rest of his life, he had to decide to do things and not do things, not because of what was uh, what was easy or what was what was you know evident at the moment. He did it because he overcame. He overcame what looked natural and did what was supernatural. He overcame the temptation to quit and to not go to the cross was so strong in the garden that the Bible says he sweat blood. But he overcame. And it's that, it's that obedience, even when it's tough, is the hallmark of Jesus Christ. And it's the hallmark of our lives, of who we're supposed to be. Because He overcame, we can overcome. No matter what the situation looks like. No matter what the world uh, tries to tell you. No matter what, the, what, what you try to tell you. No matter what's really true. The struggle isn't sin. You realize that. Because you struggle with it doesn't mean that's sin. Because you struggle with it means that you're human. And in that humanity, we can't do it in and of ourselves. We have to rely upon Jesus Christ. We have to rely upon the Holy Spirit to lead us step by step and to get us where we need to go. And when we are obedient, and I'll I'll say it this way for those of you that that know what the Bible says, says the, the Bible says He was obedient even unto death. Well, when we're obedient even unto the death of our own wishes, our own desires, our own purpose and plan, when we're, when we're obedient even unto death of ourselves, and I'm, not, I'm talking physical maybe, yeah, but I'm also talking about my will, what I want. That's what this whole Christian thing is about. It's not about what I want. It's about what He wants. And when we do that, when we walk that out to that level, there's always life. There's always life. There's always life. There's always growth. There's always power that's released. And it's not for your glory, it's for His. The Bible, or the, the song we were just singing says the, that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And the at the beginning of the year, that was pretty much the, what we were focusing on, what the Holy Spirit had us focusing on, that it's by the, the word of our testimony. It's about what God has done in you that has power. We overcome that way. We can make it because of Him. And then when we overcome, when we make it, then our testimony is He did it. And He's doing it. I couldn't do it myself. I couldn't make it. And I'm just telling you, the last few days, I've been going through just a just a terrible time. I was just, I was, you know, just pummeled on all sides, and I was just like, what is going on? I mean, even this morning, I got up, I thought, boy, anybody could preach this morning instead of me. Even George. (laughs) 
But it's not about me, is it? During this during worship, the Holy Spirit just said, We've overcome. You overcome. Because you're in the midst of it means that you're there's a there's a reason you're in the midst of it. There's something to be gained from this trial right now, whatever it is. So I give this is just preface. This is only a this is preface to to really say and do what I I'm feeling led to say and do. I wanted to give a biblical background for it because uh, I'm supposed to, to say something to somebody, but I want to do it based on the Word of God, not based upon, well, hey, it's time to share a word or whatever. John and Jen and your family, can you guys come up here a second? Vern, can you come up? Here's what I saw. I saw John and Jen standing in front and the kids standing behind them. Vern has a microphone. And I've got something to say, and I think Vern, I believe Vern's supposed to pray for these guys. So during that last song, I, I walked up to him and I, I asked him a question. Because it all really the answer of it really determined whether I could do what I was what I felt like I was supposed to do. <clears throat> Most of you know that uh, um, in a week and a half, these guys are moving to, to Texas. And they're going down there to, uh, for John to finish or to get his certification in biblical counseling. It's going to be a nine-month uh, intensive uh, certification program. And if you guys know them at all, uh, the last since they made that decision about, what, four or five months ago... Oh, way, way early, January even. That so for the last seven months, six and a half months, there's been a test, hasn't there? There's been a trial, there's been a there's been everything to try to discourage them from going, everything to to keep them from from trying and keep keep moving forward. And I know being in touch with them on a regular basis, uh, there was many times they called them and said, What is going on? From one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe this isn't what we're supposed to do. Maybe we're supposed to do, you know. But every step of the way, they prayed about it and they kept being obedient to the Holy Spirit. So the question I asked them is, are you still going? Because, you know, we get to make the choice, don't we? We get to make the choice. We get to decide day to day how we're going to live our lives. And their answer was, Amen. So that brings me, this, this is still preface, brings me to what I feel like I'm supposed to share with them. As I was driving in this morning, wasn't even, wasn't praying for you, I wasn't even thinking about you. So I can't say, oh, it was so spiritual. I was seeking the Lord on your behalf. No, I was just driving, you know, just driving, just getting here. And the Bible says that that God speaks to His people. God speaks. He's talking all the time. He's speaking into our lives. Not just me. He's speaking to you too. And if we have an ear to hear, we'll hear what the Spirit says. And then we'll do what we're supposed to do. I, I hear all kinds of things. I don't... I don't always share everything I hear, but in this case, I absolutely led to do so. So as I'm driving in, this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say. 
because of your obedience, against all odds, and against all reason, there is reward for your obedience. Even beyond that, what God is doing and going to do in the St. Croix River Valley is absolutely tied to your obedience. Now, he couldn't tell you that before. That's too heavy. Excuse me. That's too heavy to put on somebody seven months ago or five months ago or in the middle of one of the tests and trials. But I heard it as clear as day. He said, because of your obedience, because of your obedience, what's about to happen is going to happen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now it's not just them, guys. It's not just their obedience. It's also our obedience. I believe that this is a this is a testimony that when God leads you to go in a direction when you're obedient to do it against all odds, against all human reason, there's always a benefit. This just gets to this gets to be the public display of, or the the public testimony of how God does things and how God works. It's all of our obedience to do what He's leading all of us to do every day, and as we do that. It's for His glory. It's for His glory. All of this is for His glory, not not for their glory. Now the kids are standing behind them not because they're second or second class. It's because, this is what I heard, learn from your parents. Watch their obedience. You are. But learn your lessons. Learn. You get a front row seat to see the goodness of the Lord. Vern. Sure. You get it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Vern, give them. I just wanted to share a couple of things that have really been on my for the body. I've heard some people say, oh, one person, you guys are spiritual giants, and we're not on our own at all. And um, we have just felt carried, just carried by your prayers. And um, there have been times when we felt like we were going to just get swallowed up in it and that we were packing for our doom. And um, and we knew, and, it, and at one point it just came down to more afraid to stay than to go because we know that he told us to go. And who wants to be where he didn't tell you to go? 
Um, but we know he's good. But something that I've been learning through this process is um, we need you. We need each other. And, um, and it's not always been easy for me to receive from other people. Um, but what he's been showing me, even from the time I sent out the email request going, we need, we need your prayers, we just need you. We can't do this on our own. And we felt it, we felt immediately just being carried. But there are people in this church um, that God has asked to do some hard things, and he's, he's entangled us with them. And he's, you know, we, the, the people say it prettily when they say, God's knitting us together. And Pastor John's always saying we're all in this together, but really he's entangling us together and that this isn't our story. This is our story. It's his story. Amen. And, um, and it just really has been the truth of the scripture that we're the body and that when one suffers, we all suffer. And when one rejoices, we all rejoice. Has just been never so clear for me. We have friends that are doing way harder things and walking through way harder things than um than I could imagine going through. But this isn't our story. This is his story. And guess what? Lucky you guys. You're all entangled in it, and we're entangled in your story. And um, you know, Pastor John talked about the Ananias and Sapphira, not with the focus on them dropping dead. Praise the Lord. But in the walking together in unity, and this this is it. This is what we felt, and this is what we know he's doing. And it is very much evident to us that this isn't something we can do in our strength. This isn't something we can do without the body. And I'm super thankful to have a church that prays. Because even when our pastor was away having fun with the men and ministering to them, and things were just exploding, um we sounded the alarm and we were carried by your prayers so Father God we come to you today as a congregation and what they're about to step into by the spirit of God is a prepared way from heaven the prepared way will be a way that there'll be doors opening power to be given and glory to be experienced. We thank you, Lord, that you take this family from glory to glory. We thank you, Lord, that this prepared way is ordained by you, uh, designated by you. Your plans and purposes will continue to be poured out on this family as they grow in your grace and your mercy. You will guide them. You will take care of them. And we as a congregation cover them that all that they need to have will be given to them. Amen. And as they come back greater prepared for the way is the preparation. And the preparation is glorious. May this family walk into the things that you've called them to do, that you've called them to be. For it is your testimony, your glory that will guide them in the weeks and the months ahead. That they will be prepared to minister your word and your direction at a level that will be by your preparation and your guidance. May your hand be on everything that they walk into. This is a new day, a new power, a new time for this family 
and for their direction according to your purpose and your plans and your pursuits. May it be illuminated through their minds that they may know and they may see the direction that lays ahead. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing that falls upon them, works through them, and their testimony will be one of glory and of God's great virtue as they move through your plans and purposes for their life. And may the power of God work through their mouth as a testimony, as the word comes out of them, they will speak the oracles of God, and their, and their tongue will be as a pen of a ready writer. Preparation, preparation, preparation by God for this family. We declare it, we speak it, and we thank you for blessing them, and we thank you, Lord, for sending them and bringing them back. In Jesus' name, yes. amen. 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 Vern, why don't you hold that for a second? Just stay right there. Thank you, guys. Uh, long as we are here and at this moment, I also want to pray for one more person. Um, Peter is uh, leaving for Hungary this afternoon. Um, he's, it was a it was a planned trip. We're not kicking him out. Um, he is uh, headed back with some friends to do some touring, but he's also going to see his family, his brother. His oldest brother, Andor, is getting married uh, next weekend, and he's going to be there for the wedding. And then he's going to be uh, a part of a, of a Christian camp in Hungary, and, and he actually is speaking, at, speaking one of the nights. And so he's going to be gone for a few weeks here. I wanted to pray for him, pray for him as we, he's going out and coming back. Um, so Peter, why don't you come on up? And uh, just to give you an update real quick, um, that uh, many of you have been known a little bit. Peter is is from Hungary originally. He's from there, and and uh, he's been working with the youth since last uh, September officially. And uh, he has through us has a, we've we've applied for him to receive his R1 visa, uh, religious one visa, and we've gone through all the paperwork. We've a couple times gone through the paper paperwork and done all of the done all of the things that have to be done to fulfill all of that, and we're just waiting on uh, our government uh, to make their decision. And so uh, um, at this point, he's, he's, uh, we're still waiting, uh, but he's able to come back and, and be a part of what's going on uh, afterwards. But it'll come in soon, amen? amen. And uh, it'll all come in line. But I just want to pray for him as he goes and, and uh, ministers and, and then comes back also, amen? Amen. Vern, will you pray for Peter also? Father God, me and John and the congregation cover him. One can put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. But Father God, as Peter travels now on this trip, illuminate to him the people that he encounters and give him the words to say and let him speak out boldly the things that need to be declared in the areas that he's traveling. May divine protection be over him and may the Holy Spirit guide him into things and saying things that, that will be full of power and full of your might, Lord. We cover him. He's an ambassador for Christ, yes. an ambassador from River Valley Christian Church, a youth minister full of power and full of 
grace, may he just yield to the spirit of truth and he'll be guided by truth. We thank you, Lord, for his heart yielding to you and his mouth yielding to you. And he will say things that will change and have effect on people's lives. And the people that he's traveling with will be mightily blessed for being in the presence of the Holy Spirit that endues him with power and might. We thank you for this young man. We thank you for the calling on his life. We call it a, a privilege to stand around and with him, to pray over him according to thy will. Be it unto his life. Be it unto his calling. May his calling perpetrate the hearts of people that he's around. And it's the power of your might and the humbleness of your power, the guidance of your steps. Take this young man in areas that he's not thought possible in the spirit realm. May he be just just what you've called him to be, a Christ child. Yes. And we thank you, Lord, that we can boldly say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon thee. Amen. Let him work in you. Let him guide you. May his countenance shine upon you, Peter. And may yeah. his glory be resident in your hours in time as you move. We agree in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Vern. Last week, I uh, shared a a word from Revelation, speaking about Revelation and talking about uh, what's important in these last days. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. says to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven lampstands, or the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. So uh, the Spirit of God, Jesus, many theologians believe that was Jesus speaking to John in a revelation, is saying, good job, guys. You're doing great. You're doing amazing. You're doing wonderful. You're doing all the stuff. You're walking it out. You're living your lives in such a way that you're following my instructions. You're, you're keeping holiness. You're, you're making sure a doctrine is true. You're, you're making sure that, that you don't let things into the church that are not godly. You know, you're walking this out, but you're also, you're, you're enduring patiently. You're, you're going through the things that you're struggling with, but you're doing it with great, with great passion and, you know, you're doing the good stuff. But, He quoted, then he says this in verse 4. But I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do works you did, do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And so he's saying you've done, you're doing all the right stuff outwardly. But there's a problem. The problem is inwardly, inside you, you've lost your first love. And we talked about that. Get the tape from last time, or the tape. Get the CD. Get listen to it online. It is it, 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 we're, our first love is that you know how did we 
react to God when we first came to Him. For many of us, we were, we were living in sin. Deep sin. We were all living in sin. But then when we got saved, our lives changed drastically. I know mine did. It was completely different than it was before. Completely. And as I did that, the reason I changed was not because I had to, but it's because I wanted to. I wanted to, to, to honor Him. I wanted to live like Him. And then, you know, it isn't that I don't want to live like Him or I don't want to honor Him, but as time goes on, we have an opportunity, because the world is evil, to lose that first love, that first momentum. And part of that, what that does, is it causes us to compromise. Compromise. It's a tough word. Compromise. Because that means, well, you're not exactly doing it the way you're supposed to. But that's what he says here. He says, guys, you're doing a bunch of stuff right, but there's some things you're, you're, you're compromising on, and one of them is you're lo- you've lost your first love. Compromise. What Putting the first things first. Putting the most important things first. It is important that we do what we're supposed to do. Now, so I, I, I was, I actually had something else prepared for this week, and I was praying about it, and, the, and I, last night, just something came over me, put the first things first, the things that are the most important first. And, and so what's on my heart, and I know I'm jumping around, Ricky, and I'm sorry for that, because I make it, I tell you what direction when I'm gonna go, and then I tell you that I change it, but you'll get over it. Um, <laughs> go with me to John 3. John chapter 3, because you need to, you need to have the biblical basis for this, because this is the most important thing. Right here, what I'm about to share is a part of your first love, because it is the place of your first love. It's the most important thing. We have to put the first things first, the most important things first. And I need to give you an absolute biblical starting place, a basis to start, because I'm about to do something, you're going to go, where in the world are you going with this? But just, we'll get there. Trust me. How many of you trust me? Woo, that's better than I thought. Okay, well, here we go. John chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's an interesting discourse. We read it because it's in the Bible. We read it over and over again. We read it through quickly, usually. And we don't catch this, the slight nuance that's going on here. This, this teacher comes in and he goes, you know, Jesus, here's the scoop. We actually really do understand that you're from God. We get it because we understand that you couldn't do the things that you're doing if you weren't from God. You're really amazing. And so we're, I'm coming to you. Jesus could, could take that statement and go, yeah, finally, guys, you got it. No. He doesn't take the accolade. He immediately goes to the most important thing. You must be born again. You must be born again. Well, wait a second. He was just talking about the miracle. Okay, we acknowledge you're from God. We get it. And he has a question to ask, but but Jesus says, it doesn't matter what your question is. The, The answer is, you must be born again. We don't get to choose what the most important thing is, do we? We don't. We don't get to choose. We don't get a choice in what's important, what we focus on, what we do. I have a video clip that as I was preparing this, I'm pretty sure it's from God. Now, if, it, if you, you know, it may not be. And I repent ahead of time. 
if it may offend somebody, but you know, this, this may be a video clip you would have never thought you would ever see in church. But take it in the light. See, that's why I gave you a biblical basis, because I, I wanted to put it in a biblical context before I play it, or before Ricky. It's actually Ricky's fault. She's going to play it. And, <laughs> but I have a point to make from it. Summer's ready! Come on, y'all! I've been slaving over this for hours! Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. I just want to take time to say thank you for my family, my two beautiful, beautiful, handsome, striking sons, Walker and Texas Ranger, or TR as we call them. And of course, my wife, Carly, who's a stone-cold fox. also want to thank you for my best friend and teammate, Cal Naughton Jr., who's got my back no matter what. Shake and bake. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your baby Jesus powers to heal him and his horrible leg. And it smells terrible, and the dogs are always mm. bothering with it. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, um, you know, sweetie, Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. Your tiny Jesus and your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled-up fist palm. He was a man. He had a beard. Ricky. Finish the grace. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus like with giant eagle's wings yeah. and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with like an angel band. And I'm in the front row. Okay. Dear eight pound, six ounce, newborn infant Jesus. Don't even know a word yet. Just a little infant, so cuddly, mm. but still omnipotent. Mm. We just thank you for all the races I've won and $21.2 million. Woo! 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 Ow! That I have accrued over this past season. Also due to a binding endorsement contract that stipulates I mentioned Powerade at each grace. I just want to say the Powerade is delicious mm. and it, it cools you off on a hot summer day. And we look forward to Powerade's release of Mystic Mountain Blueberry. Mm. Thank you. For all your power and your grace, dear baby God. Amen. Now I know you're thinking, how in the world are you going to redeem that? <laughs> <laughs> now we're having church. Here's the deal. We don't get to choose, do we? And I'm not talking about the prayer, and you know, baby Jesus versus bearded Jesus or you know, teenage Jesus. I'm talking about there are some things that are true. And in that truth. It's not about our opinion. It's not about what I think. It's not about what I prefer. It's not, well, I, I want to believe that Jesus loves everybody, which he does. He loves everybody. And that he's going to let everybody into heaven any, any way they want to get there, possibly however they want to get there or whatever. I want to believe that Jesus will never punish anyone for their sin. That's what I want to believe. Or I want to believe that I can get to, I can get to God through Muhammad. 
or that I can get to God through, uh, you know, meditation daily or twice a day, three times a day. I, I can get to Jesus. I can get to God any way I want. We don't get to make those choices, folks. Truth is truth. It, it, reality is reality. And when we put first things first, first things first is you must be born again. You must be. You must be born again. And the, his, uh, his people, you know, this uh, Nicodemus and the, those people, I don't get what you're talking about. What do you mean? Because they were trying to get to God through the law. Through obeying a bunch of rules. Through, through being good and, and being good in this certain way, specifically. Ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. And we've got it all outlined. We've got it figured out. This is how we're getting to God. And Jesus said, you guys don't understand. You must be born again. Oh, well, I don't want to think of Jesus that way. I don't, I don't want to think of God that way. It doesn't matter what you think. What matters is what is true. The Bible says that no one comes unto the Father except through Jesus. There is no other, in, I, in the book of Acts, uh, I think as Peter says, there is no other name under heaven by which men can be saved. There's only one way. It's through Jesus. Well, I don't like that. That's narrow-minded. I don't want to have to obey that. It's just the way it is. We don't, we don't get to choose. And we also don't get to choose whether that's our message to other people. Okay, maybe you're born again, but you, know, you, don't, you just don't want to push people's buttons. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to be you know, uh, narrow-minded in their sight. Here's the other thing. He said, go into all the, all the world and preach the gospel. And that gospel is the good news that you can't do it on your own. You need Jesus. You need what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And if you don't accept that, if you don't put your trust in that, if you don't put your faith in that, you're not going to get there. We not only need to know, this is part of, for those of you who are born again, for those of you who understand and are walking this out, it, it has to be something you understand and can explain to someone else. Is that we are all born into sin. Every single one of us. Well, that's not fair. I mean, this little kid right here is just the sweetest little bugger I've ever seen. And there's no way that God would, would, would you know, send him or, or someone like him to hell. Just be, I mean, look at he's just a, he's just the picture of perfectness. <laughs> but everyone must be born again. What does that mean? What does born again mean? Born again is not some ooey ooey super spiritual. Now you're born again. No, it's a decision of our heart to first of all repent. Repent and ask God to forgive us of our sins. We all get it. We're not perfect. And if you're not perfect a little bit, you're not perfect at all. You have to be perfect completely to enter the presence of God. He knew that wasn't possible for any of us. For me, for him, for anybody. It's not possible for us to be perfect. So since that's the case, he had to make a way where there was no way, and that was through Jesus, the adult Jesus with the beard. It wasn't with the baby Jesus, was it? They weren't saved. They weren't born again because Jesus came. 
They were born again because Jesus died and rose again. That's the, it's just like, well, wait a second, that's really narrowing it down. Exactly. Wide is the gate, wide is the road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the gate. Do you know how narrow it is? It's about this narrow right here. And the door is Jesus. So what does born again mean? That means you repent, you start your life over, you start your spiritual life over, and you say, I can't get there because I'm good. I'm not good enough. I can't get there because I want to. I can't go there because I choose to. That's it, God. I'm going to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I'm going to go to heaven. I choose. It's not because you're good. It's not because you do enough good things to counterweight the bad. It's because, and only because, Jesus died on the cross, and that death and resurrection gives the right to anyone who believes in Him, trusts in what He did, to have a relationship with God. First things first. And it's the preaching of that gospel. And I don't mean just preaching from a church, you know, standing up in front of the church. I'm not talking about just preaching in a great big auditorium. You know, just a couple of people do that. I'm not talking about even just standing standing on a street corner, which is important to do that. I mean, there are people who are called to do that. But it's tomorrow morning, who's that person that God put you in that office for? Who's that person that God put you in that neighborhood for? Who's that person that God you know, put you in that hobby for? That, that guy who every time you go to golf, he keeps, he keeps showing up in the clubhouse and you're starting to get to know him a bit. We're to be salt and light. We're supposed to be the answer to people who have no answer. That is our first love. Our first love has to be preaching the gospel through our lives, but also through our words. Nicodemus says, and others have said, what must I do to be saved? Peter answered the jailer when he asked that. He says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in what He did. Believe in who He he was and what He did on the cross and His resurrection, and you shall be saved. That's a decision that you make. But once you make that decision, you step over. The Bible says you step over from death to life. And when you do, your life changes. Behold, the old things have passed away, and all things have become new. You will change. If you don't change, so this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you've never received Jesus Christ, if you've never been born again, to make that decision, now, why am I doing this in a church service? It's actually most of you. I know, I know this congregation. I know most of you are born again. So why am I doing this? Is it just for the new people? You know who you are. <laughs> no, I didn't know you were coming today. I didn't know who you were. I, I, and it doesn't matter. I'm doing it for everybody. I'm doing it for us. And I'm doing it as an example. How long did it take me to share the gospel right there? About 10 minutes. I shared the gospel. I didn't speak super theologically deep. I just shared the gospel. But it's also for anybody who ever watches this online, listens to it by CD or online. Because the most important thing we can do is to preach the gospel. 
When we lose sight of that, when we think other things are more important than that, then we're mistaken, we're wrong. The most important thing is that individuals, people, are brought to an opportunity to make a decision for Jesus Christ. That's first. It's always first. This morning, I want to give you the opportunity. What does it mean? Am I going to make you raise your hand, stand up, come forward? No. It's a decision of your heart. It's a decision of your heart. But then, once you make that decision, you can't hide it. It doesn't. It is. No, you're going to change. Your life will change, and, and you will be brought to situations where you know the best thing you can do is to tell somebody else, "Hey, this is what I did." I know a couple of years ago it was wonderful because we kind of had this service like this, and I gave an opportunity to to uh, to get to get born again, and I, and somebody was walking out the door, and, and I and it was overheard. They said, "Hey, I just want the person who brought him." They said, "Hey, I just want to let you know I prayed that prayer this morning." Number of years ago, I was I was uh, as a youth pastor. I was in River Falls. We were in the basement. For those of you who had ever been there and did the the basement thing at Abundant Life, I felt like I was supposed to give an altar call. Nobody came forward. Nobody raised their hand. Nobody nobody came forward, and so on and so forth. Ah, all right. Well, we we did the whole. I did the whole thing. I felt led to do it, and I did it. A week later, I got a phone call. From a young man who was visiting, and I knew him. He was from a different church, and so on. And he goes, "Hey," he says, "John, I just want to let you know." He says that friend that I brought as we were driving home that night said, "Hey, I want to let you know I prayed that prayer." And then three years later, I was at a Christian concert, and his kid walks up to me, and he goes, "He goes, hi." He says, "I'm so and so," and I went, "Oh, yeah, nice. I have no idea who you are." <laughs> he goes, "I just want to let you know I was the guy in the basement that that your friend brought," and he says, "I've been living for God ever since." It isn't about the moment standing up, coming forward. It's about your life changes. And it's important to tell somebody, hey, my life just changed. I received Jesus Christ. So this morning, I'm going to pray with you, pray for you, and you can be born again. The Bible says that if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Pure and simple. Clear. No no ambiguity. Father, this morning, I lift up every, every ear, every heart, everyone within the shout, sound of my voice from here until the end of the age that hears this message. I pray that everyone experience your power, experience the Holy Spirit tugging on their heart, confirming the Word, the Word that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, you can pray in many ways. A friend of mine prayed, Jesus, yes, and got saved. Whole life changed. I've heard people say all the theological stuff. I've heard people, you can pray anything. But here, I'm just going to give you an idea. Number one, Father, I'm sorry for my sins. I repent for my sins. From this day forward, Jesus, you get to be Lord of my life. Come into my life, Jesus. Change me. Make me new. Holy Spirit, come into my life. From this day forward, Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Amen. It's that easy. It's that simple. Jesus said that it's, it's so simple that some people are going to stumble over it. It's too, it's too easy for them. 
Though I have to do something. No, you have to put your trust in Jesus Christ. Beyond that is what we call sanctification, which means your life's going to change step by step, incrementally. And you just follow the Holy Spirit there too. It isn't about following a bunch of rules. It's do what He tells you to do. Live your life the way He tells you to do it. And in that is new life. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Father, thank You. Thank You for helping us to keep first things first. Helping helping us to remember Your will for our lives, for Your goodness, Your mercy, and Your love. Thank You for Jesus. Thank You for salvation. And Father, I thank You for every life that will change because of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank You, Father, for this summer and for this week coming up. And thank You for safety and for watching over each and every one. Thank You for watching over Peter and his friends as they travel. Thank You, Lord, for Your love towards us and towards them. We thank You for it. In Jesus' name, Amen.